We said the first Shema means to understand. To understand a pretty scary thought. The scary thought is that while everybody in life wants to succeed in everything they do and wants to have full Simha as much as possible, we see that rarely do people have such great success and certainly very rare that a person lives with Simha all the time. So the first order of business is Shema. No that your opinion on any matter is unreliable. No matter how clear you think you are about any area in life that has value, you're not reliable. Just because you think it's getting you to where you want to get to, it doesn't mean that it's true. That's number one. And we gave many examples. The second Shema means to accept. That's what we learned yesterday. Accept and then listen. We said yesterday there are two types of advice. Most people, they take advice by listening and then accept. Which means they listen. They see if they like it. If they like it, they accept it. Which is a... It's a good step, at least, like we said yesterday, because at least you're asking for advice. There are many people don't even bother asking for advice. So it's definitely a step that a person should listen to advice and try to understand things that he may not understand. Definitely a good step. But we said the highest step, which is real, which is going to be guaranteeing success in this world, it's going to guarantee success in everything that we do, is that if we first accept and then we listen. We said in order to be able to accept, which means that you're going to accept that person's advice regardless of your agreement and regardless if you like it and regardless if you understand it. I accept what this person is going to say. And then I listen. I've already accepted. Now I just have to listen. This is the guaranteed way to succeed in life. You have to first understand that you don't have any reliability to yourself. Then you have to accept and then you listen. As we mentioned yesterday, accepting and then listening requires a lot of heavy lifting in the beginning. Which means, to commit to such a person, you have to do a lot of work to make sure that that person is someone worthy of you accepting. And we said yesterday that the conditions are they must care for you and must hurt them if you fail. This way they'll think harder. And they have to be an expert and proven in the area that they are advising you. Once you have someone who really cares for you, which I, we said yesterday, knocks out pretty much all of humanity, minus a couple of people, few people there are, few people in your family perhaps, a few good Jews there are, that really 
practice So someone who really cares that you should succeed and someone who is a expert and proven in the area that you are asking and that he is advising once you have such a person you can now accept that person and no matter what they say on that subject you are going to listen accept and then listen if you go through life with Shema with that order you are going to have an awesome life. It's going to be Gan Eden in this world and Gan Eden in the next world. You have guaranteed yourself a seat in the world of happiness and simha and accomplishment and fulfillment and everything that comes with that. Shema. Understand, accept, and listen. Once a person has clarity in what we just spoke about, by the way, we're not, we're not talking Kabbalah here. This is not something that's very, very deep. It may be something that most of humanity never heard. It's an amazing thing. Anybody listening to this should realize that we're saying very simple information. We're not saying very, very deep things. It's very simple. And anyone listening could say, yeah, it makes sense. I hear it. Of course. But you should know that the overwhelming majority of humanity, billions and billions and billions of people, never heard what you're hearing. And therefore, they walk around the world and they're lost. Not because they're bad people. Because they just don't have the right system of how to live life with security. Knowing what to do before you get into anything. Seeing the road ahead before you're on it. Most of humanity never heard of words like this. Once you have clarity in this simple, very simple understanding of how to be successful in life. Now you start looking for your advisors. You're going to be able to find maybe your mother will have certain areas that she can advise you. Definitely reliable if she knows what she's talking about. Your father may have certain things that he's an expert at either loves you for sure, reliable for that. You may have a rabbi that has expertise in certain areas or somebody who, like we said, cares for you, might know. So you'll have some people here and there to give you advice on things here and there. But at some point, you're probably going to be frustrated because there are so many things that you're not going to be able to go to your mother or father or to... Who, who decided if this guy is an expert on marriage or that one is an expert? You know, today they are 
self-proclaimed experts can write a book and they write on the book an expert in this who said who crowned them to be an expert nobody himself the cover says he's an expert doesn't mean anything and if you put a doctor next to his name also if you put a doctor next to his name they become an expert just because just because he went to school and learned about how to raise children or how to get along with people, that doesn't mean he knows what he's talking about. So therefore, it's very hard to know who truly is an expert in anything. So basically, after you walk out of this Shema understanding and you're very excited to start living life in such a manner, you're going to find yourself very frustrated because to find the expertise in every single area of life, it's not like you can just go and pick from a tree this one, that one. It's not like that. So it's very frustrating. What does a person do who understands this is the formula of great success for me, for my son, for my daughter, for anybody, this is it. This is the formula. You don't need anything more than this. This is the formula guaranteed. You will do awesome in life. Without a question. And it doesn't depend on money. You're going to have more money, you'll do awesome. You'll have less money, you'll do awesome. You'll have more or less of anything. You'll be fine. Because you have the expertise to know how to navigate. Beautiful. You got it. This is the wealth. After you start taking this approach to life, you're going to realize it's very frustrating. Where are you going to find these experts? And who says they're experts? And now, and they also have to care about you. It's very hard to do this. So all of a sudden, the guy sits down with himself and has an important revelation that the only way that you can really find an expert on all matters, if I could find someone who loves me more than anyone else, and who is an expert on any matter possible, that would be, imagine I had a connection to someone who loves me more than anyone else, and there's an expert on every matter possible. Imagine I said you can have a relationship with such a person. Someone who has selfless love. And he knows it all. Imagine there's such a reality. If I would offer you that, you'd say, wow, really? I would pay anything for that. That's worth everything that I have. This is the question that needs to be cooked before the answer. The obvious answer to this question is the creator of the world. The creator of the world is someone who obviously loved us because we wouldn't have been created if not for him. So he made us. He created the whole concept of love altogether. So when your mother loves you, it's because he gave her that love. When anyone loves you, it's because he's the one 
that created and put the love in their hearts. So, he is the source of all love. And he created you. So he's number one on the chart of love. And expertise. Can't get better than it. He is the manufacturer. He is the creator. He's the one that makes things happen. He knows how the machine works. He knows how your machine works. He knows how the world operates. He knows exactly what's good and what's no good. Beautiful. If I can get you such a connection, you'd say it's worth every dollar I have. I would give every single penny that I have. I'd go broke just to have such a relationship. This realization is the famous answer of Am Yisrael when they were asked if they wanted the Torah that Hashem was offering. While all the other nations, they said, well, let's see what's in it. And then we'll let you know. Am Yisrael said, no. Now I said, we accepted it. And now we want to know what it says. Notice the difference between the Goyim's answer and Am Yisrael. Notice the difference. The other nations said, we're not saying no. We're not saying no. We want to listen. We want to do Shema. Listen. And then after we listen, we want to accept it. And by the way, they might have accepted it. If they, if they saw the Torah was something that they liked, they might have accepted it. Happens to me they didn't because they found things in it that they thought were not possible. But Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael said, no, we don't, we don't work in that system. The whole chokhmah of Am Yisrael, Gebarah says that when Am Yisrael said, Naseh Nishma, Kaviachol Hashem got so excited, he couldn't believe it. He said, who told my children this secret? Secret? What secret? Who told my children this secret? That Naaseb and Ishma is the right answer. What's the secret? The secret is what we're talking about the last few days. The difference of the order of Shema. The Goim understood Shema. I don't know if they knew the first Shema. Let's assume they knew the first one. But when they came to the second and third, they did what most people do. Most people in humanity, they go, listen, and then they accept. That's what people do. That's the norm. That is the norm. You go anywhere, that's what people practice. And even if you would ask them, what's the right order? That's what they would say. I have to listen, and then I accept. But Am Yisrael went against the norm of humanity. And the Gemara calls it a secret. Who told them the secret? Secret to what? It's a secret to success. The secret is they said no. We first accept. And then we listen. We're willing to accept whatever you say. And now just tell us what we have to do. Maybe there are things in there that we don't like. It doesn't matter. We already accept it. Hashem says, wow. 
Who told my children this awesome secret that this is the formula of a great life? Don't think Naseb and Ishmael was done in haste. Don't think Naseb and Ishmael was done without thinking. If it was done in haste, Hashem wouldn't be so excited that they said they happened to say the right words. Naseb and Ishmael came from a depth of realization of what we're talking about the last three days. They understood Shema number one. They understood Shema number two and number three. And now they're looking. Where do I find this? And someone comes with an offer and says, you know, the creator of the world is willing to be your advisor. What do you think? You want his advice? The one who says, let me see what he says already has proven that he is not interested of living life on a truly high, successful, guaranteed love. By saying Naaseh and Nishma, already at that point, Am Yisrael showed that they understood this great principle and that made them worthy of the Creator being their advisor in life. This is the beginning of our great nation. Our entire religion is based on Naseh and Ishma. Any Jew who has to understand what the Torah says in order to do it, he is way off. He would not have been at Har Sinai, this Jew. He would not have been able to receive the Torah. Obviously, he's not a bad person. He's just ignorant. But ignorance of important things is also a failure. You don't have to be bad to come out bad. You could be ignorant of bad and come out bad the same. Any Jew who studies and he observes the Torah based on his understanding and what he likes and what he agrees to and what makes sense to him. Anyone who approaches life that way and Torah that way is clearly not someone worthy of being part of Am Yisrael. Again, they don't mean it that way. It's their ignorance. They don't even mean what I just said. For sure not. But clearly, when the Torah was given to our people, there had to be a clear identification. You know when you give the guy the code to make sure it's you? You call up the bank. They want to know, make sure it's you. Give me your code. What's your password? In order to be part of this nation, which has a lot of meaning, there needed to be one passcode. Without the passcode, nothing would happen. It was Naseh Benishma. If that wasn't the answer, there's no Am Yisrael. Some other nation may take over. Naseh Benishma, while it was a communal proclamation, and every one of our great grandparents were there, but it's needed every single generation by every single person 
there has to be in our lives a moment where we realize this clarity and we say, There must be such a moment in order for us to really grab on to the greatness of the Torah and the relationship we have with the Creator and the potential greatness of our lives. You cannot tap in to the greatness of your future without Naseh ben Ishma. Cannot happen. How many Jews today said Naseh ben Ishma? Many. But there are many, many, many that they never said Naseh ben Ishma. They grew up keeping Shabbat. They eat kosher. They learn Torah. They do mitzvot. They do a lot of beautiful things. At their funeral, you have a lot to talk about. Because they did a lot of great things. But, they never said Nasib and Ishmael. They did a lot of nice things here and there, here and there. Beautiful things. But never once did they come to the realization and make a commitment. This commitment, by the way, is not to the Creator. It's a commitment to their success. It's a commitment to their marriages. It's a commitment to their children. It's a commitment to their olam azeh and olam abba. Naseh is not trying to make someone happy. Naseh and Ishmael wasn't coming to respect the Creator. Not to give him a kavod. Oh, we, we trust you because you're so, you're so great. That's not what it's about. Naseh and Ishmael was a commitment to my great future. To the Yashar, Derech Yashar. I'm committed to go on the road that's going to get me and my children and my grandchildren and everything in my life to come in order. Naaseh and Ishma is a moment that every Jew must have in order to reach their greatness. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many, many, many people who I say have a lot to be proud of. A lot of accomplishments, a lot of beautiful things they've done in their life through the Torah, through the help of the Torah, but yet are missing Naseh Benishma. I think if you see, you will look around and you'll realize that this is an unfortunate fact. While our nation was created through Naseh Benishma, it's not enough. Every single one of us has to relive that same feeling and that same attitude it's an attitude that is obvious to those who do the work that we're doing once you realize that this is the only way that you're guaranteed yes are there things that might make you uncomfortable yes are there things you may not understand yes but that's okay that's part of the I accept and then I listen. But I know. If I know why I accepted the Creator, while I do something that I don't understand, at the same time, I'm fully confident that this is taking me to the right place, even though I don't understand it. It's not like I don't understand and I'm upset about it. I don't understand, but I love it. Because I understand something bigger. That 
The creator of the world understands better than me. It's so much more logical, by the way, to live life this way than the other way, even though most humanity doesn't. But it's so much more logical. Who makes, which one makes more sense? That the creator knows more or I know more? What makes more sense? What's more obvious? The creator of the world, imagine the size of his leavdil, his capability, his wisdom, his brain power. And imagine how a little brain, a little piece of meat, mostly water, that you could put in your hand. You think, you know, could you put, could you put the Empire State Building in a box of tissues? Could, does it fit? What do you think? Never fit. Not in a million years you could try. It's not going to fit. Trying to understand. Does it make sense? You know, some people say, oh, I don't get that. I don't get that. The creator said to do this. I don't understand it. You don't understand it. Why do you even think that you should understand it? What's your even thought that you should understand it? You're like a tissue box. The creator is like the Empire State Building, and that's a, not a real, it's much more than that, the difference. So can a tissue box fit Empire State Building? No. So you can't understand what the creator says. Why does he say to do this? Why does that surprise you? By the way, it's the biggest hedush. If you ever understand what he said, if you ever understood a word he said, that would be a hedush. People say, no, I don't get it, I don't understand. You don't understand when you don't get it? You should not understand when you do get it. That you should be able to understand the creator and his ideas and be able to connect to them. That's the hidush. How do you understand that? It's so beyond you. So I'm saying it's even logical. A Nasev and Ishma Jew is a person who waits. By the way, how long it takes to say Nasev and Ishma? It's not a step-by-step process. Nasev and Ishma. Nasev and Ishma is a moment. It's a moment that could be done at night. It could be done in the morning. It could be done at home. It could be done in your work. It's a moment where you realize this clarity and you say, I am committed to my future and my great success on the highest level. I am in. I accept the creator of the world as my advisor. Now all I have to do is listen. Just tell me what you think. Oh, wow. I love that. I'm in. I don't love that so much. Oh, okay. You know better. I'm great. Why on Shabbat I shouldn't do that? I don't understand it. Doesn't matter. You know better. I'm in. The only thing I need to make sure to verify is that what I just heard came from the creator of the world. That much, yes. If I see some guy in the street and says, you know what the creator said? Yeah, what did he say? He says you should jump up 10 times every day in the morning. It's very important for you. Wait, who? Who is this guy? If the creator said that, okay. Who who are you? I need to make sure that wherever I'm getting my information, it is a good source for what the creator thinks. And by the way, that's what we do all day when we learn Gemara. All day when we learn Gemara, what are we doing? 
we're constantly trying to figure out what did the Creator say? Did He say this? Did He say that? And if somebody opens their mouth, no matter who they are, and says something, right away he gets questioned. Where are you coming from? What are you saying? Where did you get that from? Bring me a source. Menalan, from where? A person who has Nasev and Ishma, their life becomes a whole different endeavor. Think about this. Think about it. When you are a Nishma Benaseh person, so your whole life, your whole life, you're trying to understand what to do. And of course, you'll never understand what to do, everything, because it's impossible. It's endless situations and your experience and your opinion is never going to cut it. You spend your whole life trying to figure out what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. You experience here, you try there, trial, error. That's your whole life. And by the time you figure something out, you're already in a new stage. By the time you reach your senior year in high school, you figured it out. Then now you graduated. By the time you figured out what it means, you know, how to live a single life, you're already married. By the time you figured out marriage, you're ready on the next step. And you never get there. Your whole life, you try to figure out how to live life. And you just never get there. Or when you get there, you're already in the next stage. But a Nasev and Ishma Jew, his whole approach to life is different. His whole approach to life is not to educate myself. The whole approach of Nasev and Ishma is to spend my time trying to understand what the Creator says. I don't spend my time trying to get smarter. I spend my time trying to connect to what he says. So I spend my hours asking, is that what he said? Or maybe that's what he said. How do those two things make sense? That's what I spend my time doing. That's why, now you understand why, Talmud Torah can get kulab. Why is learning Torah the greatest mitzvah? It's very simple. Because Talmud Torah my definition means trying to understand what, not even understand, trying to know what the Creator wants. That's what we're doing. What could be more valuable than that? What could be more valuable than just understanding what it is that He wants from you? Because once you have that, you're good. Naseh Nishma is the key to success. And that's how an Eved Hashem develops. Who is an Eved Hashem? Who is a servant of Hashem? What does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? An Eved Hashem is a person who has clearly identified the road to success and says, Hashem, I am your Eved. You just tell me what to do. I'm fully in. I'm not an Eved like a slave who has been demoted and taken his free choice from him. God forbid, the creator of the world, when I become his Eved, so his goal is to give me all the freedom 
to be able to live life and play all the notes of the piano of life and every single note should be played appropriately. The Creator's wisdom, being in Evet Hashem, makes you a free person. It makes you enjoy every moment of life. You know, there's, there's people out there that want freedom. I want the freedom to be able to do whatever I want and to enjoy everything I want. Great. Problem is, you have the freedom, but you don't know how to do it. Imagine a person that says, I really want the freedom to play piano. They don't let me. They don't let me. They locked the piano. They don't let me play. I see people playing the piano. I need to play the piano. I want the freedom. Finally, he gets on the piano. Doesn't sound like a piano. Sounds horrible. But he had the freedom. A real freedom is not that you're free to do whatever you want. Real freedom is that you have the ability to do it. You could be free to get married. But that's not a real freedom. It is somewhat of a freedom. There's a person that's held back from being married. They put him in prison. He can't get married. They didn't allow him to get married. Fine. He's not free. Now all of a sudden, he's free. I can be married. That's not freedom. Being able to be married is freedom. Being able and knowing how to be happily married, that's freedom. Having a child doesn't make you a free man. Knowing how to raise it makes you a free man. In life, true freedom is when you know what to do in every situation so that you could be successful. Because that's what freedom is all about. Freedom is the ability to succeed. But just having the ability, you know, there's two types of freedom. There's freedom from... And there's freedom too. Freedom from means that that's the freedom that most people know about. I want to free, be free. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Freedom from. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me where to go. Don't tell me what to say. I want freedom from. I want to be on my own. People feel free when they have freedom from. They're willing to fight wars for it. They're willing to risk their lives for it. Freedom from. I don't want to be told what to do. People spend their whole life trying to find freedom as much as they can. Financial freedom, social freedom, every kind of freedom. People want to be free from anybody. And they spend their whole life for it, not realizing that this kind of freedom doesn't mean that much. Yes, it is something, but it's not that much. Yet, so you're free from everything, but are you capable of succeeding? Now that you're free. Yes, we let you play the piano. But do you know how to play? If you don't know how to play the piano, who cares that you have the freedom to play? Freedom too is the real freedom. Freedom too means you have the freedom, the capability, the know-how, the expertise to become successful in the freedom that you have. Yes, they left you alone. But now what are you going to do? So what? You were able to be married. So what? You were able to do A and B and C. Do you have the freedom to succeed? That is true freedom. You cannot be a free. That's why in Eved Hashem, while it sounds like a very harsh way to live life, in Eved Hashem, to be a slave of Hashem. Oh my goodness. Already that sounds scary. I'm out. Who wants to be a slave? But the reality of life is that everybody's a slave. 
Who's not a slave? Tell me. People are slaves to their desires. People are slaves to their anger. People are slaves to their moods. People are slaves to so many things. Technology. Yeah, who's not a slave? Tell me a guy that you know who's not a slave. People say, no, I chose to do that. You didn't choose to do that. You couldn't control yourself. That's why you did that. You know why you ate? Because you couldn't control yourself. You didn't eat because you wanted to. You didn't. Your frustration is because you're a slave. Everybody's a slave. Some things are not so bad that you're a slave to. Something could be dangerous that you're a slave to. Who's not a slave? Tell me who's not a slave. Tell me which person is a free man. He has nothing controlling him. Everything is done the way he likes it without anybody or anything that's pulling at him. Everybody's a slave. In reality, the Torah being in Eved Hashem, it's so amazing how the word could be opposite of what it sounds like. In Eved Hashem, a guy tells you, I'm a servant of Hashem. I do whatever Hashem says. Sounds like the guy's an Azikis. Sounds like he's a slave. Sounds like he has no freedom. The opposite. When you become an Eved Hashem, means you accepted his advice regardless of what you don't or do or, do or don't understand. And now, what does he tell you? All day long, he's giving you instruction of how to live truly a great life. Truly, you will be a free man to play all the right notes in every situation in life, and you will make a beautiful song of your life. This is what an Eved Hashem is. So therefore, that's what we tell this guy who says, Eved Hashem, what does Hashem need you to be an Eved for? Hashem needs slaves? You got it all wrong. Hashem doesn't need me to be his Eved. I'm not coming to serve him because he needs me. I'm coming to serve him because I need him. Because I need to be connected to his advice. And that's why I took upon myself to be an Eved Hashem. There is nothing greater than to be an Eved Hashem. There's nothing more important and there's no higher prize than to be an Eved Hashem. We spend our entire life to be a greater Eved Hashem day by day. How can I be a greater Eved Hashem? How can I fully, fully be connected to His advice and to His wisdom without making any, any kind of deviation? This is what will make you and I and every person that connects to it truly successful without a question. This is an Eved Hashem that we all strive to become will be our road to freedom and true success. This is the derech yashar. This is the real world, the real straight way to real accomplishment. Rabotai, have a wonderful day.